Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Opening statements. Well, I hate opening statements. It's just for men to help out with these grays that I got going on here. I got a lot of other things to worry about besides my hair. All you need is a hot dog to catch a, a catfish. Well, don't try any funny stuff. Well, let's get in my mouth. <laughs> Understand now, I have a Boston, Midwestern, Louisiana accent now, so it's no longer family. How do you speak so fast? You got to get your thoughts out. You want to be here? How long you want to be here? You know, I don't like to answer hypothetical questions. Yes, I've signed a lot of mustard balls and golf balls. I had to take dancing lessons yesterday. All right, guys, thanks for coming. Ah, the sights and sounds of SEC Media Day. That wrapped up yesterday in Atlanta. This is College Football Live. I'm Christine Williamson. I'm so happy to be joined by Harry Lyles Jr. and Tom Luganville. Now, Harry, I want to go to you about something because there was some sound that we didn't hear, actually, in that. And, Luke, I want to get your opinion on this. Um, Harry had Stetson Bennett tell him that he looked like Justin Timberlake. Okay. Do we agree? You know. (laughs) I can... (laughs) I can see it with a glimpse, just maybe a flash by as I absolutely glimpse him and I, and I walk on by. I might double take and say, is that, That's is gotta that, be is it. that JT? I feel like he, we were talking about this yesterday, Harry, and it, it had to be JT from, like, the 90s, but Stetson wouldn't know that much about that, right? Yeah. Like, how does he even know no, he that wouldn't. Justin Timberlake? It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. But I, I feel like that's a compliment, uh, he, he I will He had say. to be roasting me. <laughs> I feel like it's a compliment. It's a compliment. Um, okay, let's start with another t- with some more stuff going around in the SEC because one of the biggest things that we talked about this college football season was the war of words between Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. It started in May when Nick Saban accused Fisher of buying every player on his team. Fisher later called those comments despicable, and Jimbo spoke to the media yesterday, and maybe things aren't exactly heated anymore. Two competitive guys that go at it. Listen, we all learn from things we do in our business. You got two competitive guys on a on a topic that is very uh, everywhere. Listen, I have great respect for Nick and thing. You know, that's unfortunately our thing went public, and that's that's sometimes that happens in this world. Nothing's private anymore, is it? Anyway, but no, we have great respect for Nick, and we all learn from. Him. We all will learn. Like he said, he was learned. Hopefully, I learn from things we do and say, and, and we move on from there. But have great respect for him and their program, like always. All right, let's take a look at the SEC West preseason poll that just came out today. Nick Saban and Jimbo's Aggies are picked to go 1-2 in the West. Alabama got 158 votes to win the SEC title, while Texas A&M only got one. So here's the thing. Jimbo, uh, uh, actually, Saban was talking about the fact that Jimbo has the number one recruiting class. Uh, The Aggies did beat Texas or beat um, Alabama last year, but – I mean, they went eight and four on the season. So, Harry, since you were at the SEC uh, Media Days, I'm going to start with you. What do you feel like Bama has to do or uh, the Aggies have to do to compete in this conference? 
you know, they got to start living up to all the recruits that they're bringing in. The talent is there, like, right? Like, that's what started the entire feud between these two schools in the first place was the accusation that, you know, Texas A&M was doing something untoward to get these players. But the players are there on paper, but it's a matter of putting it all together every single week. Clearly, they beat Alabama last season, but you have four losses to go along with that. So beating Alabama is no good if you can't handle the rest of your business. So to me, they're stacked on defense. They're going to be good there. The big question to me is the quarterback position. You've got four guys there that are competing. Jimbo Fisher hasn't really had that ace quarterback since he was at Florida State with Jimbo Fisher. Is he going to be able to find the guy that's going to take them to the promised land? To me, that is the big X factor here with the Aggies. Well, I, I, I tell you, Harry, I think the thing, too, that is frustrating for a lot of Aggies fans is over the last 24 years, do you know how many 10-win seasons Texas A&M has had? Two. One in 1998 and one in 2012. The rest of the time, they've been 8-4, and 8-5, and 9-4, and 6-7, and 7-6, seven, seven and so on and so forth for 22 years. So I think Jimbo Fisher, Nick Saban, they all know that this is about on-field performance. Yes, Texas A&M got Alabama a year ago. But Alabama doesn't go and lose to Arkansas. They don't go and lose to Ole Miss. They don't go and lose to LSU. And if you're going to have a spot in Atlanta, eight and four is not going to do it. Jimbo Fisher knows that. They're going to have to be in the 11-win category each and every year to have a shot. And maybe, maybe in an off year, in a rare occurrence, 10 wins could get you there if you had some other things going on within the conference. So we can talk all we want about this feud. We can talk all we want about recruiting. Until Texas A&M's players and football team start performing to the level of a consistently successful Alabama or Georgia or Clemson or Ohio State, then we'll continue to have this discussion each and every year. All right, let's go to the East because it comes as a surprise to absolutely nobody that Georgia is picked to finish atop the Eastern Division. They got 18 first place votes to win the conference championship, the second most behind Alabama. Something that was a surprise is the fact that Vanderbilt actually got a vote to win the East and the SEC title. Not sure who did that. Maybe they know something uh, <laughs> that we don't know. Harry, I'm going to start with you uh, on this one. After Georgia, who do you think can compete in the East? Well, I do want to note that Vanderbilt got as many votes to win the SEC title as much as Texas A&M did as well. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, but look, I think that there's reason for optimism if you're Florida, if you're Kentucky, if you're South Carolina even. But to me, I think the team that is poised to have the most immediate success behind Georgia is going to be Tennessee. I think that they had good momentum last year. Obviously, their offense was great with Hendon Hooker leading the way. He was 16th in the country in QBR. The offense was no problem. In fact, they were so good, we thought that they might be able to catch Alabama. However, their big issue was defensively. They didn't finish the str season strong defensively. If they're able to do that this year and help aid that offense, I think that they can be a team that's on the up and up here. Obviously, I think that it's safe to say that they are on a lower tier than Georgia and Alabama, as is pretty much the rest of college football. But in terms of Tennessee, expectation is something that has been challenging for you over the last 10 years or so. It's here this year. Are they going to be able to live up to that billing? It seems like they are. But if they're able to stay healthy, especially, again, on that defensive side of the football, I think that you have to like what you're seeing in Knoxville. And no question. Sky-high expectations and a tough road schedule, too, there for the Vols. I'm actually going to go with Kentucky because – I don't think we can no longer discuss Kentucky as being a flash-in-the-pan type of program.
All right, so uh, I think we lost Tom. He did say Kentucky, and there's something that you might be surprised to know. Kentucky joins Alabama as the only SEC schools to have won a bowl game in each, in each of the past four seasons. And their six straight bowl games are the longest streak in school history. Let's go to the ACC and one of the teams that I like to talk about. Last year, Clemson's uncharacteristic season was because their standards are so high for the Tigers. Their 10 wins were somewhat overlooked, but they did get a win in the Cheez-It Bowl, even with quarterback DJ Uyunglele putting up an yeah. underwhelming performance himself on Wednesday. Dabo Sweeney talked about last season's struggles. Adversity and disappointment is good for everyone, and, and you usually find out what you're made of. Uh, you know, it, you know, adversity either grinds you up or shines you up, and it truly depends on what you're made of. And, you know, that team was sitting there 4-3 and three last year, and, man, uh, a lot of challenges, a lot of injuries. And, you know, we played our best football with our least personnel down the stretch and won six in a row <laughs> and finished 10-3. and three. And we're not going to win the championship every year. You know, we went to six playoffs in a row. We didn't make it to seven in a row. Uh, but if we can continue to be a consistent program year in and year out, then we'll continue to have those special seasons. All right, Lugs, I think we got you back. So I'm going to start with you because you were at ACC Media Days and yeah. you got to see the players and obviously Coach Sweeney. What was the sense that you got they, that they would be able to bounce back this season? That they didn't crumble when they were four and three a year ago. Because keep in mind, everybody in that locker room, everybody in that building, everybody in that community over the last decade has never experienced failure. They've never experienced adversity. They've been constantly patted on the back. College football playoff appearances, national championships, ACC championships. And that team grinded and they galvanized. And listen, was it perfect? No. They had injuries. They had youth. They were ineffective in the offensive line. And quite honestly, they were ineffective at quarterback. But they were elite on defense a year ago. Were able to win six straight games, including the bowl game, to get to 10 wins. So the sky is not falling in Clemson. The question's going to be, we know they're going to be good on defense. They're going to be much improved in the offensive line. And those young players that played on the perimeter, including Will Shipley, if he can stay healthy, some of those wide receivers, they're going to be talented. Can the quarterback make the plays? Whether that's DJ Uyunglele, whether that is the freshman Cade Klubnik, the difference between DJ last year and what they had with Trevor Lawrence and Deshaun Watson is a lack of accuracy. He was not an innately accurate passer. Now, it wasn't all his fault, but at the end of the day, they've got to get their explosive plays back on offense. They've got to be consistently accurate and make the routine plays that are, that are there to be made in the passing game. If they do that, Clemson is a college football playoff contender. Yeah, Lucas, I think you nailed, nailed the nail on the head here. Uh, to me, look, this I want to specifically highlight this defensive line, right? That is a talented, talented defensive line. Obviously, they're losing... Brent Venables, but with Wes Goodwin coming in and inheriting this defense that is going to be great, that's going to be hard for them to mess up. The key, again, is this offense. It is the quarterback play. It is DJU. Christine, you and I sat there and watched them play against Georgia, and we kind of chopped that game up to, okay, well, maybe it's just because they're playing a historically great defense, and that wasn't necessarily the case. That was a genuinely tough offense to watch at times last year, but they were able to pick it up in those last six games. They averaged about 34 points per game on the tail end of that season. So if they're able to get to that point again, I think that you have to feel good about Clemson this year because the, to me, the most impressive feather in Dabo Sweeney's cap, the pink one, right, is that he's always <laughs> able to get the most out of his players. They might not get the best recruits here and in and year out, but he's always going to get the most out of his players. 
this is going to be a big year to see if he's able to do that. Harry giving me P PTSD. We are right next to the sideline. I'm uh, Lugs, you don't know this. I went to Clemson for grad school. It was not a good day for me, okay? It was not a good day. So that there's that PTSD. So I do hope that Clemson obviously can have a better season. By the way, everybody needs to calm down, right? They made the CFP six right. times in the last seven seasons. Like, this is Clemson football. All right, still to come, Bama, Ohio State, and Georgia are the favorites to win the national championship. We will tell you what each team needs to do if they want to raise that trophy on January 9th. Plus, if you haven't already, then say goodbye to the turnover chain in Miami. We will tell you why its retirement might be beneficial for this year's squad. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You're taking a look at the college football playoff national championship trophy presented by Dr. Pepper. The last three seasons, three different SEC's teams were crowned champions. Will that trend break in the upcoming season? Our Stanford Steve discusses which programs have the best chance of hoisting this trophy in L.A. on January 9th. You can't talk about the college football playoff without starting with the SEC. The SEC has more playoff appearances, wins, and national titles than any other league in the college football playoff era. This year appears to be more of the same as two of the top three favorites come from the SEC with Alabama and Georgia. The more things change, the more they remain the same. Alabama is still Alabama. Alabama is the plus 180 favorite led by Heisman winner Bryce Young. However, in the first eight years of the playoff, the preseason favorite has only won it all one time. That was Alabama back in 2017. Snap to Young. And it's intercepted. Touchdown, Georgia. Georgia has won the national championship. Reigning champion Georgia is 4-1, to one, making them the third favorite, also behind Ohio State. The Buckeyes look to end the trend of three straight national champions from the SEC. Buckeyes throwing haymakers. My pick for the national champion this year, Ohio State. They return the Heisman favorite, C.J. Stroud, and I love all the toys that he has to play with. 18 returning players that logged over 100 snaps last year were in the first or second year of the program in Columbus. I think this is the year the depth of the roster shows up for the Buckeyes. 
right, let's check out the latest national title odds from Caesars Sportsbook. Alabama leads the way with Ohio State and the reigning champs following close behind. After that, there's a big drop off to Clemson, who has 14 to 1 odds. No other team outside of those four have better than 25 to 1 odds. Alabama atop the list. How shocking, of course. Um, okay, Lugs, I'm going to start with you. Let's get, go through some keys uh, with the top contenders to win a title. And obviously, we're going to start on the top. Alabama, what are the keys? Well, I think it's quite simple. Bryce Young cannot afford to get injured. I mean, it really comes down to that. You know, Alabama has been very fortunate at quarterback over the years. They've been able to roll through from one to the next, one to the next, and haven't had to deal with a lot of injuries. And when they have, they've had a guy step right in and not miss a beat. But now we would be talking about Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson, who's just a true freshman. Both of those players limited to no experience. So if you're Alabama and you look at the addition of Jameer Gibbs at running back, Jermaine Burton at wide receiver, Eli Ricks at corner. All the other pieces of the puzzle are in place. Bryce Young has to stay healthy. That's the only impediment. Yeah, Luke, I agree. That, that is a big piece of it. And to me, as long as that piece is in place, the objective to me is as long as you don't play down to your competition, you're good. Right. Uh, because when you look at somebody like Bryce Young, you have somebody that is possibly Nick Saban's best quarterback that he's ever had. You have a ton of weapons around him. And then if you go on the defensive side of the football, you've got Will Anderson, who is also possibly Nick Saban's best defensive player that he's had at Alabama since he's been there. When you have two cornerstone pieces like that, it's hard for you to fail. And Alabama has not really played down to their competition over the years. So as long as they're able to stay on the path, I don't really see why that would be an impediment to them. All right, let's go over to the Big Ten because Ryan Day and Ohio State lost the title game two years ago to Alabama. Lugs, I'm going to start with you again. What do, does Ohio State have to do if they're going to win a title this season? That ultra-young defense has to play really, really old. And, you know, there was a lot of criticism of this defense. I know Jim Knowles comes over from Oklahoma State, uh, a, a distinct coaching pedigree there. But this wasn't a lack of talent in Columbus. This was a lack of experience and age. And to hear our man Stanford Steve talk about the amount of sacks that are returning on this defense, they might be returning for another two years. That's how young the Buckeyes were on that side of the football, and they had to mask it with an exceptional offense. So I think if they make the leap on defense, this will be the most complete football team that Ryan Day has had in Columbus. Yeah, Lucas, we're in agreement again. I feel like if they play enough defense, that is going to be the key for them because the talent is obviously there. They're going to get better as the season progresses, but they're playing with an offense that C.J. Stroud and then we saw what they were going to do in the Rose Bowl, right? They dominated that Utah defense, a defense that was really, really good with the pieces, a lot of them that they're going to have this year, obviously with Jackson Smith and Jigba and Marvin Harrison Jr. So to me, as long as they're good, able to play good enough defense early on in the season, especially that week one game against Notre Dame, I think that that's going to be the thing that's going to continue to get them to the end of the season where they will have that experience and ultimately be playing their best football. Okay, back to the SEC, the defending champs. Georgia has four to one odds to go back to back. Lugs, what do they have to do to get it done? I think they got to find some perimeter playmakers on offense, and then they've got to keep them healthy. I think it starts with Arian Smith, a speedster, maybe one of the fastest guys in all of college football. We know about the tight end position, okay? We know about Brock Bowers, Darnell Washington, Eric Gilbert, but the perimeter guys, all Stetson Bennett is going to do is throw it to the right guy. But can Georgia break the huddle and have somebody like a George Pickens or maybe multiple guys that the defense says, hey, where is so-and-so lined up? 
give them some options that really scare people. So if that emerges, we know what Georgia is going to be in the offensive line. We know where they're going to be on defense, and we know they're going to have uh, a penchant for running the football. Get some playmakers on the perimeter to make plays for Stetson Bennett. And you know, Tom, I think those playmakers might be there. For me, I think the key is going to be for them to have a balanced offense. Obviously, they're losing a lot of key pieces on defense. That was essentially an NFL defense, guys. I mean, come on. But offensively, you've got McIntosh and Milton in the backfield. Obviously, Bowers and Gilbert at the tight end positions. And then at wideout, you've got a number of different players. Don Blaylock is finally healthy. Denylon Morissette out of North Cobb is coming in. So to me, as long as they have a balanced offensive attack, not only is that going to make ensure that they're going to put enough points on the board, but it's going to make up for some of the loss that you had from a historically great defense in the year before. Yeah, because that defense was scary. What do we like to call them? Grown men. If they don't have that anymore, they have to figure out how to get some grown men somewhere else on that squad. Okay, uh, things are going to look a little less icy in Miami. The turnover chain era is done. Find out which one of our analysts won't lose sleep over its retirement. one out for the turnover chain because it has been retired in Miami. The coldest chain in the game has been a staple at Miami for the past five seasons and now it is gone. That because it's a new era with Mario Cristobal in Miami. He's the fourth head coach in the last eight seasons. He spoke to the media yesterday. We've been working so hard and paying attention to so many other things that are, in my opinion, much more critical to winning football games and having success that it really hasn't been a, uh, a subject or a topic. It is not a form of disrespect to anybody or anyone. Certainly, you know, history is history. And whether it's positive, whether it's inconsequential, whatever it may be, it's still history and part of your program. We're just uh, moving in a direction that, you know, right now doesn't involve it. Man, Harry, how do we feel about the death of the Turner Voce? <laughs> You know, when I initially heard this, I didn't like it. But in theory, you looked the part of Miami with the turnover chain. If you get rid of it and you start playing like the Miami, right, that had the spirit of the turnover chain, then I actually do not have a problem with this. So I'm willing to give Mario Cristobal a little bit of room here to see if this actually works. Because if you start playing like Miami again, then you don't need the chain. So let me translate what, what Mario was saying there at ACC Media Days. He was essentially saying, we're worried about things that have to do with winning and losing. We're not worried about chains. And, and Harry, you were at a game where Miami's getting their tail kicked, and they get a turnover, and they're all celebrating <laughs> on the sideline. There should be two mm -hmm. chains at Miami. There should be a win chain, and you get, to win, you get to wear that until your first meeting Sunday morning. And then there's a lose chain. There's a lose chain. You get to wear the lose chain and walk the, the town square of Coral Gables as a loser. That's the only chains chain, Miami should chain, be having right now. Chain. Oh, my goodness. My biggest question is, like, where are the chains going? I Can can I get a chain? Like, I, I would love to have I the chain. Where are they, where the are they bottom of the them? Atlantic. Where that chain? <laughs> we want the it. Atlantic. We want it. You, you wouldn't rock that chain? I would totally no. rock it. I was totally rocket. Anyways, <laughs> thanks for watching College Football Live. We'll see you guys next time.